You're listening to Steady Picks Radio. Steady Picks is your source for industry-leading sports betting data and the latest news and information to help you bet smarter and start winning. Go to www.steadypicks.com to learn all the ways that you can listen to Steady Picks Radio and let our expert hosts help you win some money. Remember, betting is more fun when you win. Radio, wake up and wager. Welcome back into the show. Happy Wednesday. You know what today is. It's the day for golf, the Waste Management Phoenix Open, WM Phoenix Open in Scottsdale, TPC Scottsdale. We will break down the track, the best bets that Ricky and I have. Uh, It should be a really great show. Let us know, by the way, if you like the golf shows on Wednesday, because that's our plan for, you know, for a while. Uh, let us know if you like that. We love to do what ultimately you all like to listen to, of course. Uh, Ricky, how how are you this morning? Good morning. Happy Wednesday, Tom. Yes, yes. I'm, a little. Go ahead. Uh, I'm so excited to talk about this tournament. Yeah, this is a good one. This is a good one. But before we get there, a few housekeeping items. First, of course, SteadyPicks.com. Completely free to sign up. Sign up today if you haven't already. It's completely free. Best bets from myself, Donnie, Ricky, Big John. The SteadyPicks system plays. It's just a fantastic free resource for you to have. We give an in-depth write-up with each pick. It's just fantastic. Ricky and I do most of our plays on the show here, so you, you get a little bit of everything, but completely free to sign up. If you'd like to support us even further, and we talk about this all the time, opening more sports books, more accounts at different sports books. If you'd like to help support the show, support the website, and everything that we do here at Steady Picks. Sign up for a new account at BetMGM, BetRiver, Sugarhouse. The sportsbook offers on our page are there. Click through them. See if there's any good offers that you like and consider signing up through the link there. We would greatly, greatly appreciate it. You don't know how much it means to us, so thank you if you've done that. If you haven't, please do, and thank you so much. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Ricky, the last bit of housekeeping there's been a death in the death in the family, I'll call it. Oh, oh yeah, Tom. After many hours in the in the boardroom, the whale play, the the beloved whale play, is going to be removed from the website. Removed but here's from, the thing, Tom. Yep. Because that's not going to sound good to people off the tongue here, but. It's actually, while it is being removed and it will no longer be 
whale plays, as I think we can all agree that not only were the whale plays kind of corny, but also for the people who listen to this show, you know that we aren't the type of people that tout like whale play. Like it just didn't really fit our brand. So what we decided to do is instead of whale plays, which were 10 units or more for each play, what we're going to do is we're going to have steady pick system power plays. And what those are going to be is they're going to be all plays that are five units or more will be considered in the power plays. And um, in terms of like the records and stuff too, we uh, our web guy went ahead and went back and added in the record of all the plays that are five units or more. So you can see that on the website. But I think this is exciting stuff, Tom. Oh, it's very exciting. And because, again, the, the point that you made there, well said, by the way, the number one thing that I think you said is, let's face it, people. When you go on your gambling Twitter and you go on the other depths of the gambling sports betting world out there on the internet, like the whale thing, the lock, the lock of the year, bankroll, lock of the month, all those kind of things are so overused and kind of not not very professional, we'll, we'll say. And, I mean, when we started doing the, the whale play way back in the day here, we're going back several years. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't really, it wasn't like that as much. Like, yes, there was still some of that and like, you did have the impression that it was a little, it was for fun, you know, but it, you know, it was around, but it wasn't as prominent as it is today. So as the, the world has kind of changed with this stuff and it's become such commonplace for the touts on Twitter and Instagram and all over to kind of push this down your throat. I think it was time to make a change and, and call it the power plays and they're five units or more. And um, hopefully we're going to get more of those than we did with the whale play. More of those will show up on the steady pick system. So thanks. Thanks all for understanding. If you have any questions about it, cause we got a lot to get to. If you have any questions about it at steady picks on Instagram, send them a message. Uh, and Ricky or I will get back to you or at get steady picks on Twitter. Same thing. One of us will make sure we get back to you. If you have a question on that. Thank you. Perfect. Ricky, it is time to talk about some golf. Real quick, Tom, before we dive into the golf, I just want to give a little shout out to the Arkansas basketball team, Tom. Uh, They knocked off the number one team in the country yesterday with an outright win. They cashed our ticket. Um, Game went to overtime, Tom, which usually when you have like a two-point dog in overtime and, and it goes to overtime... It's the kiss of death, yep. but oh, yeah. in this case, it wasn't. So uh, for those who played that, just wanted to let them know it cashed. Oh, I was getting excited. I was starting to smile. I thought, uh, no, no, I thought you were going to, I thought I was getting a shout out. <laughs> uh, well, you, you did for, good too, Tom. For 3 and you tennis swept day. the board in tennis. With a plus 210 dog, a plus, uh, what was the other size dog? We had... And a minus one forty, a plus two ten, and then a, another plus money dog. Mm-hmm. And your uh, your hockey picks went two for three. See, the thing is, Tom, 
I play every and I know a lot of people say this, but I'm like one of the guys who actually does it. I played the set the steady pick system plays. They were profitable. I played your picks. They were profitable. Played Donnie's picks. He went two for three. They were profitable. And I played my own. And more times than not, for the people who don't do this, and I'm not saying you have to play everyone's picks, but I've had a lot of success doing it. <laughs> and it's the reason I keep doing it. So just a thought for anyone who hasn't dabbled into uh, all of our picks yet. And that's true. And that's hopefully that the kind of trust that you build up as you listen to us and, and have Donnie on the show where you feel more confident than you did before when we didn't have the podcast, didn't have the show to go ahead and, and hear what we have to say or read what we've written and then go ahead and follow it. Cause you know, it's coming from a place of genuine research and mm-hmm. studying research, knowledge, market, all that stuff. Uh, yeah. The unit and a half play minus minus one forty. That was a winner. Um, Petra Martich at plus 115 for 0.9 units. That was a winner. And then Serana Thursday, we only did for 0.4 at plus 210. Should have done her more. I've been messing around with a few different strategies for managing the size of each play because I can get the, you know, my uh, um, win percentage, right? My edge. So I've been trying to dump my edges into buckets where I play them for different amounts and then based on the odds. So a plus 210 is very unlikely to hit, right? So I was trying trying not to play these big dogs for a full unit anymore. Um, I hear you. But kind of bites you in the butt when when this happens, right? When they all win and the plus 210 but you know we'll take it each one as we go you know what bites you in the butt tom and i'm talking to myself here being soft and rolling with half unit plays and full you like probably on this run that i've been on in college basketball at least half of them have been half unit plays for the love of god can i stop being soft and trust the picks for a full unit and that's exactly, unless you can quantify why it should not be a full unit play, they should be full unit plays. The reason why I've been doing half unit plays is because I've been primarily in the NFL for the last five months, and I've just now really started digging back into college hoops. So I've been doing half that's unit plays. That's a fair answer. Tr- yeah, I'm trying to get my feet under me. Didn't expect to uh, hit the ground running. And that's a very fair answer. We'll do that all the time. But I, you know, there's a couple different ways to to manage out your bank. Like, let's dive in just one layer deeper real quick on this. Okay. If I can, if you can't quantify how much of an edge you think you have in a given matchup, I still believe, regardless of what people say, that betting one unit on everything is good. Is the way to do it. Like, if you can't tell me that one pick is more confident than, the, than another, I say you do one unit across the board every time. Now, just because the numbers don't tell you that you that something's better than something else doesn't mean you can't internally say, 
yes, I like this one better. It should be more. But it has to get away from what you said, which is not wrong, Ricky. Just so I'm clear, it's definitely, it's correct. It's a good thing to do. But you have we have to get away from doing a half unit because we're, we're scared of the exposure. Mm-hmm. Because we're just starting. I mean, that's a good reason to, to back the units down. So I won't, I'm not knocking your thinking. But I think a lot of times people start doing a half unit, half unit. Oh, I don't want to, you know, I have three plays today. and I'm not going to do a unit on each. That's too much. You can't really think like that. But it is too, Tom, for, for me specifically, it is a, a confidence thing as well because, for example, like in the NFL, I have a really good grip on the eyes piece in terms of like knowing these teams, watching these teams, like the back of my hand almost with the time that I put in. And then I also have a good gauge of the market itself and, you know, the line movements, the money and all of that. So I feel better that being said in that sport with that knowledge in college basketball. And this is probably the opposite for someone like Donnie. Man, he knows these teams in and out. He knows their strengths. He knows their weaknesses. He knows who will struggle against what matchup. I don't. You know, I'm really playing data here more than anything. So until I kind of get that other uh, piece of it, you know, which will come with time and research, I'll probably continue with the half units, Tom. Just because, you know, now I what I'm going to go to full unit plays and maybe hit a little skid. Wherever I, I'm going to stay where I'm at, I guess, is what I'm saying for, for a little bit of time. Okay. Okay. I uh, I can't say I I fully agree with that. I can't say that fully is textbook the way it is, but the beauty of it, but it's definitely not opposite. Like I said, people, as you gradually get into a sport, it's not unusual for very sharp people, very, very respected people to kind of ease into it with some half unit plays. Um, my point is it's a little bit black and white to me where if you have an edge, if you've identified that I have an edge in this game, there's no reason to play it for a half unit and not a full unit. If you think you have an edge in the game of a certain amount, it's a play. Boom. Fire away on it. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I like it. And there's Um, some wiggle room in that, which is what I was getting to. Like, let your confidence guide you a bit. Like, if you can't put a number on, oh, this play has a more significant edge than, like, I'll give you an example. I had a bigger edge on Bagoo last night than I did Martich, which is why I played Bagoo for a unit and a half, and I played Martich for .9. It's things mm-hmm. like that that, that, can help guide, and that was a numbers-driven thing. I On Bagoo, I had a 10% edge. On Martich, I had 7.5. Yep. Um, yeah, it's, it's just, it's interesting, Tom, and this is, I don't want to keep pushing us too far down the rabbit yep, hole yep. here, but, like, one of the things with me, and this is something I got to improve on, is, you know, as your bankroll grows, right? As your you, you win some bets, you know, a couple years past your bankroll should bets. be or lose some bets. 
goes or lose some bets, whatever it may be, your unit size typically, I don't know. This is, this is a good conversation, but as my bankroll has grown, my units have grown and they're bigger than they were, let's say at this time last year. So a half unit play, and it doesn't matter. All this is relative because the bankroll's grown. So it doesn't, it's not like right. I'm actually betting. While I am betting more, it's not really like that, Tom. And it's this mental yeah. block that I have with, you know, like betting more on a college game than I normally would, but my bankroll is allowed for it. And, you know, it's, it's just it's interesting stuff. Gotta you got to have a Got to take the emotion out. Got to yep. take the emotion yep. One unit is one unit is one unit. You grow with the bankroll. Boom, boom, boom. That's what it is. I'll be proud of you to see a one-unit play get posted at some point this week. I'll be very proud. You, yep. I'm on it. I'm on it. But, yes, last thing about it is as your bankroll decreases, your unit decreases. And that's important, too. As your units, as your bankroll goes down, if you go through a losing spot, your unit amount goes down and people generally do this once a month. They'll check in with their bankroll. Did I go up or down? What's my new 1%, 1.5% unit? Boom. I assign a new dollar amount to a unit based on... The thing with that though, Tom, I've heard people argue strongly or advise against that. No. And here, totally Here's disagree. the reason. Or here's the angle. Let me just share this. Let's say you're playing, let's just use a round number and say your unit is a hundred dollars a game. Okay. We're a thousand. We'll use a hundred. If you lose three bets in a row, just bear with me here. And then you decide, ah, you know, I just lost 300 bucks. I don't really love the feeling of this. I'm going to cut my units in half and I'm going to start That's playing. That's not what you're doing. But if you did that, Tom, you'd then need to win six bets rather than three. Six bets in a row to get back to where you were. So, well, well, I guess where's the flaw here? What are you? It's all a percentage. If your bankroll goes from $10,000 to $9,000 in a month, right? The month of January, you had $10,000. You lost a thousand down to nine thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. At ten thousand, if you did a, we'll say a two percent unit, it would have been two hundred bucks, right? Is that right, yep. math? Ten thousand sounds right. Two hundred. Yep. Okay. So it would have been a two hundred dollar unit. Now you have nine thousand dollars. And you're going to do the same 2%. Now your unit is 180. So you're not just willy. It's a math. It's a it's a math structure. It's not just willy. Oh, I think I'm down a little or I'm down a little this last three days. So my units go from 200 to, to 100. And then I win a few. So it goes to 300 because I'm real confident. It's not like that. It doesn't just go change on a whim. Technically, right. it should be every morning you wake up. What's your bankroll? What's 2% of that? That's what my unit is on this bet. Most people don't have time for that, so they do it once a month. They check in once. So for January, you have $10,000. My unit's 200 bucks. I bet it every single, you know, whatever. 
That's, mm-hmm. that's my unit. Come February 1st, I check in on my bankroll. Oh, geez, I lost $1,000. So my unit is now 180 That makes sense. I think that's a, it's a good tip, Tom. That's very, very important, but I don't want to beat this horse any longer. We'll talk about it another time. Let's get into the golf. A lot of golf to get to. Let's go. Waste management open. Ricky, the model's complete. I'll have to share a screenshot of this with with the Instagram team so that they can post this so everybody can kind of see what I'm looking at. I love sharing this. I didn't even see what kind of feedback we got last week. I I meant to check and see what people were saying, and I I just totally forgot. Very positive feedback. Um, At least couple dozen messages, Tom, of people uh, commenting one way or another or asking questions. So I think we got a pretty decent cult of people who really enjoy betting golf. Um, and I think those people would certainly like to be able to have access to the model would be the ideal situation so they could kind of explore it and make their own decisions off of it. But the screenshot for the time being, I think, will serve a uh, – a solid purpose for this yeah, tournament alluding to something may or may not be working on. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. No, but I'll share this with the Instagram team. And, uh, really the, the thing about TPC Scottsdale is driving is important more so than we've seen all year. Like the other courses, driving distance, driving accuracy doesn't really help you. At the mm-hmm. last two courses in Hawaii and Pebble Beach, they're not long courses. They're not demanding courses on the drive. This course, however, will give you some benefit if you can drive the ball well. So I put some extra weight on the model on shots gained off the tee, strokes gained off the tee. Has a much heavier emphasis than last the last couple of weeks we've had this approach yep. is always weighted pretty high um as that's probably one of the most important things of golf if not the most important so that's weighted pretty high around the green the stats show that there's no significant edge for having good around the green numbers at this course so i pretty much have that almost at zero I think it's at 5 or 10%. And then strokes gained putting, of course, is always a little bit important, so we've got some weight into that. It turns out here, Ricky, the top, uh, I'll just give you the top five, regardless of the odds. This is just the top five. It's Patrick Cantlay at number one, Daniel Berger, John Rahm, Victor Hovland, and Hideki Matsuyama hmm. are the top five based on those statistical categories. You look at their last 20 rounds against themselves. How many strokes better strokes gained better are they than they normally are in the last 20? And then as a percentage of their entire career. Hmm. plus the data from the course is weighted in as well, how they do at this course. The thing that I'll note is 
a couple of these guys do really, really well at this course. Like Hideki does really well. Xander Shoffley, John Rahm, Daniel Berger's numbers are good at this course. Kepka, another one. Kepka, I could see. I didn't even look for him to be honest. He we gotta scroll down. He won. A bit he won last time. year, and yeah. I think he's a two-time winner here. He's a he's a man of the people. And let me tell you something about this tournament, Tom. You are not last, really gonna bet Kepka. I'm not betting Kepka okay. based off of how how poor he's been playing. But I will say this tournament, something about it, the people who I don't even know how to really say this, but. No one thought Kepka was going to win last year. I'll say that. He wasn't playing well heading into the tournament last year. This is a very unique, almost more of like a football crowd here, Tom. And last year, you know, COVID impacted the crowd. This year, it's going to be a full go. So the people like Kepka who really like thrive around that type of environment and enjoy it, Max Homa, think of another guy, you know, who who might thrive in that. Those guys are interesting in this tournament, I, I do think. And it's reflected in the numbers. Homa, um, I have almost a .1 strokes gain. That's pretty darn good. Brooks Kapska, .1 as well. Strokes gained adjusted uh, for this course. Louis Oosthuizen, pretty good on this course. Brandon Steele. Let's get into the bets, Tom. Let's let's start firing off the, the bets that we actually made. Okay. Um, you want to give me your first one? We'll, we'll do a puff puff pass here. Just every other and rattle them off. Yes, sir. Cool. All right. Let's get this pulled up. But yeah, it's just very interesting. This, this tournament, and there's so many things to, to look at. I've got a lot of bets. I think I have eight to 10 that I've made. I think I'm done making bets. Okay. First play I have, what do you want to start with? Outrights or top? Top tens, top twenty, like just let's do them in level of units. So your your biggest play first. Okay. The biggest play I've made, there's two. So I'll give you this one first here. The biggest play that I've made is uh oh boy. Where is it? Oh. Daniel Berger, top twenty, minus one ten. Daniel Berger, top 20, minus 110. That's a great number. He's, like I said, he's the second-ranked player on my list. His last five dating back is tied for 26th, 11th, 7th, 5th, 20th. He's on an absolute roll. Really good on this course. The numbers line up great. He's playing well above his personal average, his personal baseline, and over the last 20 rounds, strokes gain numbers are fantastic. Daniel Berger to finish inside the top 20 at minus 110. I feel I, I like that play a lot. Oh, I like that one. Donnie Berger. Um, all right, Tom. My first play is going to be Patrick Cantley, top five finish. Uh, the, the angle here, Cantley's played three outings in 2022, Tom. Mm-hmm. He's been in the top 10 every time. He's been in the top five in one of those. He's just playing really good golf right now. You saw last week when he didn't even have any like great rounds. 
he still finished top five and was right there. So I just think it's a guy you can't fade right now with how well he's playing. If you look at his strokes gained last 20 rounds, it is the highest number on this sheet by it's not even close. Yep. Like he is playing very well. And even the the number against his baseline. So it takes the last 20. How many true strokes gained do you have? And then it takes, okay, in your career, this is generally how good you do. How much better than that are you playing right now? And the only person who's playing better than him on the tour right now, numbers-wise, well, there's two. Be Denny McCarthy and Tom Hoagie. Those are the only two guys playing better than Cantlay against himself right now. Hmm. And that's like a, a plus three something. I'll uh, I'll have it up on my card after the episode. And um, I did have, Ricky, I'll just throw this in there because we're talking about him. I have Cantlay to win 14 to one. A small, I like that. A, a half a unit ticket on that. That's a, That's a good one, Tom. I know it's not the longest shot, but look. All those things I just said, you can't ignore that. And f- you have to have a ticket on Cantlay this. To me, you have to have a ticket on Cantlay this weekend. You ha- I don't care if it's for $3. You have to have a ticket on Cantlay. Agreed. Agreed. Um, moving to uh, one of my next plays, Tom. Pat Perez. Arizona State alum, top 40 finish, can get like a, a plus 140 here. Again, I got to I gotta get into my betting apps and see the exact numbers. But this guy, Tom, not only does he have the little ASU factor, which I love, but he's got, uh, I believe, multiple top 10 finishes already. Two in a row. Yeah, he's he's playing really well. This one, someone actually uh, sent in through the Instagram too. To and I dug into it, and I just the more I look at it, the more it checks out, man. I think he's I think he's gonna be right there in the mix. So I'm gonna lock in uh, a full unit on Pat Perez to finish in the top forty. Top forty. Yep. Do you have any idea what the number on that looks like? Yeah, I I'm, I'm interested. Put it in on DraftKings. It was like plus 140. Give me one second. Let me grab my phone. I'll give you these exact numbers. Yep, yep. Cuz I am I am interested. I'm interested. Okay, so Pat Perez top 40, I got at plus 110 on DraftKings. Plus 110. Hmm. What is him to make the cut? I'm curious. Not to go too far down the hole with Pat Perez, but I wonder what he is to make the cut. I'll uh, I'll I'll dig through right now. Let's see. Because I feel like I never know what's better to do. I get kind of stuck on that. Is like, is to make the cut better? Is to like, what's what's the better play? So here's the thing on DraftKings, they don't have the entire field available on the make to cut, uh, make the cut. And they, they actually only on have like GM 10. either. Most I've never seen the whole field on here, so it's not even an option on DraftKings to do this. You'd have to really do your shopping, but 
I think the top 40 is fine. You know, I, I like mm-hmm. the angle where you're going with this, Tom. I, I did that with Homa like a week ago, mm-hmm. opted for making the cut, but it's frustrating to, you know, not be able to get everyone here. They do have a nice little, on BetMGM, a nice little yes-no market for make the cut. I found one play that I had to make there. And unfortunately, Ricky, you might hate this one. But it's Seamus Power to not make the cut. Seamus Power, who we've been on, what, last week, the week before, we were all over him. The reason we have to fade him here is he his really bad on this course like really bad when i see the number of strokes gained so negative like it is by far the most negative number on of any player on in this event even the adjusted number is not the worst but it's very close it's a bottom 3 Number it might actually still be the worst as I scroll down this list. That really he really might be even adjusted wise the worst player in the field on this course. I know he's been red hot. I know he's got in you know three of his last five inside the top ten, two of the last five, the other two inside the top twenty. But I think plus two twenty is a good price to fade him. Remember, it is we're talking about Seamus Power here. We're not talking about one of these high, high caliber guys. So I know he's been good, but let's not get carried away. I think there's a good opportunity to say no. He misses the cut. Does he make the cut? No. At plus 220. Yeah, he's he's a popular pick, Tom. He's So he's got five straight top 15 finishes. So he's a guy who a lot of people are, you know, betting in the top 20, um, but I, I think that's where the model becomes really valuable and becomes mm-hmm. a great tool is being able to not just see who's been playing well, but course specific, how do they do here? And if he's, mm-hmm. if his, historically he struggles here, I love that. He's really bad on this course. That's I'll leave it like just really bad. Now, of course, you weigh one. that with the fact that he's playing, uh, you know. Like, my favorite thing about the, the the numbers on this model are the individual trending numbers. So the strokes gain last 20 rounds, and how does that compare to your personal baseline? Because your current form in golf is really important. That's what this is trying to capture is your current form. How are you playing lately, right now? And I love the baseline against yourself on a on an analytical side of strokes gained because you can really truly see if they're playing better or worse than they normally do because it's compared to their own personal baseline of their career. So that of all things is my favorite number when you're looking at when you identify a play, it's like, okay, now we need to make sure that this checks out. Of course, Seamus Power has been playing much better than he ever has. So that doesn't check out here, but I still think it's a play. Love it. All right, um, Ricky, go ahead. 
I'm going to, I know we're getting pressed for time here. So two of my other, I, I have four total top 40 plays, Tom. Pat Perez was one of them. The other three are Max Homa, which you can get at plus 100 at DraftKings. Uh, Matt Jones is the other, which is, I believe, plus 170. Matt ASU. Jones. Matt Jones, good old uh, ASU alum. And then the one. last one is uh, Chez Revy. How do you, Reavy. you know this guy? Revy. Revy? Yeah, he's another ASU guy. He's He's way down. Big long shot here, but... I do just firmly believe that those guys have a little bit of an edge here. So uh, he's my my final top 40 pick. Perez is the only one that's a full unit. The other are half unit plays. Here's the thing, Ricky, that I'll say that I think is interesting. Um, it's I, This feels like one of those things that people's intuition tells them one thing but the numbers tell a different story. Like, for most of the guys you just named, their stats on this course are not that good. Right? So we think about, okay, the ASU guys played here a lot. This is where he blah, blah, blah. I grew up here, whatever the case may be. Oh, he must be good at this course. Well, it's not necessarily true. In the case of Pat Perez, his numbers are fantastic. I love that play. And Homa. Perez and Homa both play very well here. I think Homa, the wild cards are see. the other two. Let me see Homa. Homa was competitive here in multiple yes, times. Homa's numbers are good here as well. But you're right. Matt so those two definitely, you know, there's there's more of an angle than just mm-hmm. the ASU. I'll be completely honest in saying Matt Jones and Reevy, those are pure alum picks mm-hmm. but i but i do tom i know yeah maybe they're it's not great but i'm telling you like they're familiar with the course they'll have the crowd behind them that doesn't mean anything in golf you know really but at the same time it's a little it's a little bonus that yeah. the other guys won't have and yeah no I, I totally agree they're probably more familiar with it even if they haven't played good there on tour before in their career which these numbers suggest you know, there's no denying that they're still a bit more familiar with the course than maybe some of these other players might be. Mm-hmm. Um, great. Thank you, Ricky. Love that. Is that all your plays? That's everything. Yeah, the only final one is I did sprinkle a half unit on John Rahm to win. I don't like it uh, at yeah, 6-1. to one. Ricky. But you know what, Tom? He, he really, like I, I think of all tournaments – if there's one that is really justified for him to be a huge favorite, you know, he, he plays incredibly well here. He's going to be, he's going to be a tough out here. I, I I'm okay at essentially three to one for my half unit. Um, rolling with Rom. Okay. I have one, two, three, four, five outright uh, winners picks here. Um, we'll start with the longest shot, which is a very long shot. 150 to one is the play I've come up with. 150 to one. Martin Laird. Lard Laird. I don't know. Martin Laird. His numbers are excellent. His numbers are really good. He's good at this course. 
his adjusted, his true adjusted strokes gained are truthfully one of the best at this event. Like, he's top five in true adjusted strokes gained on this course. His current form is okay. Going Last five, going back the furthest, starting with the furthest back, a cut, a tied 11th, a tied 22nd, a cut, and a tied 46th. You hmm. look at his baseline numbers against himself, he's been better than his baseline. He's on the way up. Off the tee numbers, very good. Approach numbers, very, very good. I like that pick, Tom. I couldn't believe to see 150 to 1, like, literally come out in the top 10 of this, of the, the projections. And, right, this could be the dumbest play of all time. I'm aware of that. But when something stands out that much, I've got to take a, got to take a crack at it. So 150 to 1 there just literally two dollars on him like that's all we're doing here so um well like like a 0.1 unit yeah you can call a 0.1 unit it's pizza money okay call a point uh yeah call 0.1 we don't need to throw away more than that all right like it like it one is yeah, it's a, that's a good return. All right. Other outrights. Next is Luke List at 50 to 1. Luke List numbers again, he's been pretty popular here early in the year. His numbers aren't truthfully they're not um the best that I've seen when we look down this list like he's pretty good at this course. His current form's great. He's like eighth or so on this list. So, you know, very good. The putting is going to hold him down, I think. I don't think he's a very good putter, but playing very, very well right now. 50 to 1 on him. Um, Okay, Russell Henley is the next play. 40 to 1. That number's come down 50 to 1, down to 40 to 1. He ranks number fifth on this list. He's very good at this course. Playing very well for himself against his baseline. He's his current form fifty six, seventh, twenty second, second, fourteenth, forty to one on Russell Henley. Uh Hideki Matsuyama, he's number five on this list, sixteen to one. Half a unit on him. Current form is great. He's uh actual strokes gained, true strokes gained on this. He's the best player in the field at this course. Hmm. So we'll take a shot on him. With a 59th, 1st, 13th, 1st, and 30th, Hideki's playing the best golf he's ever played in his life. No doubt. He's he's red hot. Um, last one, Patrick Cantlay, 14 to 1. As I said, you got to have a ticket on him. I think I already talked about that. Yep. I think I think that right there, Tom, like if you had to I think we kind of both agree if you had to pick one horse in this race, would Cantley be your guy? Yeah. I can't not have Cantley. That's that's basically the bottom line is his numbers are so good right now. I if I can only have one, I have to have him. 
because I can't live with myself. I don't have him. Yeah. I'm thinking about that Rom bet and I probably should have, uh, I might add Cantley to win. I have him top five, but it seems like you're getting a much better number on Cantley than Rom. And, and they're probably, you know, arguably you could flip those two and say one's been playing a bit better. You, there's nothing wrong with betting this Friday morning, you know? Like people think we got to put all these outrights for these long shots in right away. Hit it live. No problem. Oh, yeah. The last Absolutely. play here, Ricky, that I have is Andrew Putnam to the top 20. That's plus 300. Three to one. Putnam. He was right there last week. Top 20, and that's exactly why I'm leaning on him. I just think he's playing really good golf for himself. Like his current form, 27th, 14th, 6th, it's very good. His numbers aren't great. It's a very small play for me, but I think he's playing pretty well, and uh, those are the kind of guys that you want to back coming in hot to a tournament like this. So putting them top 20 plus 300 just for like a quarter unit, and we'll get these all posted. On steadypicks.com. Uh, wow, Ricky, great show. We went a little long today, but that's okay. Things have to be said. They do. They do. Ricky, thank you so much for joining us. Good luck with all the golf bets tomorrow through the weekend. Again, at Get Steady Picks on Twitter, at Steady Picks on Instagram. We'd love to hear from y'all. So send us something, tweet at us, especially tweet at us. Come on. <laughs> Tweet at us. Steadypicks.com, Steadypicks Radio. Thank you so much. Good luck tonight. See you tomorrow.